welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, uh, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Jordan. Hello. Hello, Jordan. Today, we are here to tell you the tale of a game by the name of Mixolumia. Uh, This is a game by Dave Makes, uh, aka Dave Hoffman. Hoffman? Hoffman? I can't read my own handwriting. (laughs) I, I I think you just kind of just a, a general uh sound and then uh, you can cover both bases. Dave Huffman. Uh, <laughs> so it's by Dave uh, H question mark F F M A N, featuring music by Dave and uh, music by uh, Josie Breckner. And uh, this is a uh, arcade puzzle type game, so sort of in the vein of. Uh, you know tetris puyo puyo uh that sort of that sort of vibe cross sneak uh if yeah, you're a sure. long time listener oh man cross sneak anyway <laughs> sorry <laughs> i've just remembered the existence of the game cross sneak and i'm thinking upon it fondly uh, <laughs> anytime someone says you say cross sneak three times and blake will appear no matter where you are yeah. uh in the contiguous I'll, I'll, I'll united just appear states and be like that soundtrack yo cross sneak it's great uh-huh uh, anyway, this game is not cross sneak, decidedly not cross sneak, uh, not trying to be cross sneak. I should, uh, <laughs> <state> <laughs> explicitly. pretty different. Um, this is a, uh, you know, a, a, a game where you match, uh, little blocks of, uh, the same color and they disappear. Uh, but the sort of, uh, twists, are a that rather than being on uh you know aligned to the vertical axis axis rather not axis uh uh where you have like little blocks facing upright everything is tilted 45 degrees so it's kind of this like diamond shape it's sort of like a trough uh that uh your little blocks kind of like slide i I would say that's like the the quote-unquote like the thing of this game is that rather than uh existing on a standard grid it's tilted 45 degrees to the side and uh kind of produces Mm -hmm, uh a a different uh effect and uh it certainly plays uh quite a bit differently uh than standard games of this ilk um and then the other kind of like big uh thing that sets it apart from some other games of this type is that it has a uh I don't know exactly how you would describe this uh, this soundtrack style, but basically it's like luminous uh, luminous or Tetris effect, where um, as you're uh, you know moving pieces around and clearing stuff, it's adding musical elements, uh, and also as you progress through the game, the the music sort of like builds up um, as as you make progress, um, and that's you know. Uh, a brief overview of what yeah. this game is. Yeah, the most, the sort of most uh, apparent part of this, the music is just that whenever you clear blocks, uh, it syncs the the like tone of the the, the sort of satisfying like poof mm-hmm. noise whenever you clear uh, blocks to uh, something that matches uh, whatever's happening in the soundtrack at the moment. Um, yeah, so they're they're basically are uh, you know you're picking a song that you're uh, playing along to and each song has defined sound effects for, um, you know, clearing blocks or uh, doing different actions 
uh, and those song or those uh, sound elements sound musical and work within the context of the song. Ideally, there actually is a the the creator has uh, open sourced uh, the the sort of like uh, music file structure. Uh, so you can add your own songs. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, a docs site that I actually looked through. It does seem kind of involved, like definitely a bit technical and time consuming, but I kind of want to try it. I didn't have Give time to try it shot. before this yeah. episode, but I kind of want to try it and just put one of my shitty beats in there. And uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I should, maybe <laughs> I should put in the, the edge guard, uh, the edge guard Ooh, theme. theme song. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I'll Blake's do that. afternoon project. Boom. Right. No, there. That's it might be more than that, but we'll see. I'd also <laughs> have to like try and find those files. And I don't know if I still have them. <laughs> uh, of anyway, that is, that is neither here nor there. Uh, I do. I, the game. last uh, introduction to the game I, I want to share, uh-huh. uh, is the description, uh, or mm. one bit of the description on the itch page, which is Mixolumia is a shimmering fountain of good brain juice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Did you find that yeah. to be the case, Jordan? Uh, I found that to be the case in rush mode. Uh, I <laughs> only in rush mode. Uh, only in rush mode. I mean, a little <laughs> bit in relaxation mode in a kind of a different way. Mm. Um, uh, so rush mode because I just think that the song we were talking about this beforehand, but the song for rush mode just totally slaps. I just think it is the <laughs> so great. Um, yeah. And then in relaxation mode, I did think that uh, it could be. Um, it could be kind of relaxing, which I, I would say, say is a good brain juice situation, which anyways, I guess maybe that's a way to start with the game is just uh, point out that there's different game modes. So mm. the, the main goal is to, you know, you have these uh, uh, two by two blocks of composed of differently colored, four differently colored squares, and you're just mm-hmm. trying to align uh, the squares into lines of three or more or squares uh, of the same color. And um, the the sort of main mode is marathon, where you're just trying to uh, get as high a number of cleared blocks as possible. Uh, and the, the sort of like end game number is 450, which mm-hmm. we were talking beforehand. Neither of us were able to hit 450. It's actually extremely mm-hmm. hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's rush mode, which is just do as many blocks as you can in two minutes. Uh, then there's, um, there's uh, endless mode. Uh, which is just go until you fill uh, fill up the the space, and mm-hmm. then there's relaxation mode, which is like uh, you know no stakes. And I'm, I'm am I forgetting one mode? There's five. Uh, are you marathon I, relaxation marathon, rush relaxation, rush here endless endless rush, intense. I intense, forgot. right? Intense that yeah, that one max starts speed. at level fifteen. I tried that one once and was yeah. immediately like, wow. I yeah. can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was doing bad at this game before. Now I'm doing even worse. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, and also you can customize the uh, the color scheme, which I thought was fun. There's like a ton. There's like 30 options. Yeah, yeah, um, there are a bunch. Uh, and again, those that's another aspect of the game that is open source. You can make your own color scheme. Oh, really? That, yeah, that makes sense. Game. Yeah, I assume you just use uh, like hexadecimal. <laughs> I didn't actually look at the docs for that, but I assume you're just like giving it hex color values and it figures them out yeah, uh which sure. I, I do i do think that the the whole like uh customize the game and i've made docs specifically to make the game uh, customizable and personal personalizable that's cool 
I, I, I feel like yeah, even super cool. I mean, it's uh it's a it's definitely like a lot more time consuming uh for a developer to expose their own uh tools uh to you know outside parties but a pretty cool touch especially for a game like this because it definitely feels like it's gonna be some people's like thing you know like i could definitely (laughs) see a community building up around this just because it uh the vibes uh you know sync with uh, people very specifically in a way that they want to make a bunch of music for it and you know customize the Mm. the the colors and what have you yeah totally yeah, I, I thought I definitely thought some of them worked better than others. Uh, the trans rights one I actually thought was was quite effective. Oh, I thought really? that that color scheme looked good. Uh, oh. I, I did end up deciding that the classic one was best. Anything with a light background made me feel like I was going to yeah. die. Yeah, just melt I could, my retinas I could only right do, out. Do a, a dark background. The default one's pretty good. Did were um, you ever writing code back when uh, text editors used to be white background? Um, I mean. I still sometimes have a white background in Jupyter notebooks. So disgusting. Does that disgust you? Uh, but it does it, for the me. most part, I use uh, a black background. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think when I first started. No, when I first started, it was already a norm to, yeah. to have black background. I, I was still it remember. When you started, was it not? Is that not a norm? No, yet? it was not. Oh, yeah, really? I remember back <laughs> in my early uh, visual studio days, uh, that like awful like white and uh, blue and yellow like light yellowish oh, color gross. okay that's yeah. not what yeah the yeah, jupiter notebook is at least like a grayish background oh with yeah. like with like some very muted colors so it's not yeah. like no this is like your eyes white background black <laughs> text blue borders and then is this weird like kind of like taupe or is taupe the right color i don't even know what taupe looks like i feel like it's that color it's kind of like a beigey yellowy color it was awful anyway yeah, that's been yeah, your that's, right. that's been your text editor color scheme minute um, back <laughs> to, to mixolumia <laughs> yeah um okay so one thing i want to talk about this game is i think with a game like this that's very like uh sort of like stripped down minimalist uh mechanic is is the whole mm. game it's interesting yeah. to talk about like how much changes um from like other similar games of its type with the the mm. differences that it, it makes. So one of the things mm. that we talked about beforehand that we want to talk about is the fact that it's at 45 degrees, how yeah. much, how different that uh, just makes a sort of like Tetris or block clearing uh, sort of um, mechanic, mm. uh, how much that changes from what you're used to. Um, so, you know, instead of uh, the blocks going straight down, they're going diagonal and then depending on where you place it, they will slide to the left or the right in order to mm-hmm. get to a, a correct place. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, did you figure out what deci- what decides which direction the block will fall if it is if it is if directly on, on a point? Because what I th- the closest thing I could find was that it just goes to whichever, um, it's based on how many, uh, how far it is from the end on each so i i have a little bit of insider information because the way i found out about this game was by a a twitter thread where basically uh the creator dave makes uh was tweeting like tweeted out uh, an image of like new idea for a puzzle type game i don't know if it'll work at all and it's you know basically the the diamond or actually now that i'm looking at it, it's the shape of a it's technically that's a rhombus right 
Double rhombus. No, rhombus only has four sides. What's the six side? I don't know. It, it's the same shape uh, as a hexagon? rupee. Yeah, but it's like a like an oblong hexagon. You yeah, know? Like, it's like a rom- it's like a hexagonal rhombus. What well, I don't know what that would be. Six sided rhombus. Hexagonal rhomboid. I don't know, man. I don't know anything. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds real. That's that sounds like a thing someone would say. <laughs> but it's basically the exact uh, shape and dimensions of a rupee from Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is. You can picture in your mind's eye. Anyway, it was basically <laughs> just like you know will this game work as uh uh a like if you tilt everything 45 degrees and then over the course of like the next year uh they would go in and add tweets to this thread as they worked on it which i i i got the uh the vibe that this was sort of like a side project or a smaller project for a lot of its lifetime or for mm-hmm. a lot of its development time i suppose um and they would sort of just like talk about like, oh, well, here's a problem I'm facing now. And there are a lot of gifts. And one of the problems, the big problems was like, all right, what happens when you, you know, hit on a corner? Which which direction do things go? Uh, and I if I'm remembering correctly, I think the approach they decided to go with was that uh, it goes whatever direction you had input last uh so that's how it decides whether to go left or right and uh if i remember correctly that's how it works and the uh oh so you oh that is really yeah you can so you have some control over it by just coming at it from the right or the left yeah Um, Uh, i if i'm if i'm remembering correctly i i will say having known that before ever starting to play the game i i don't feel like it helped me a ton um, mm-hmm. but I also like just in general was having a little bit of trouble, uh, thinking concretely about this game, something about it, uh, about the, the angles of everything and the, uh, and the, the way everything sort of shifts and settles, uh, was kind of yeah. hard to, uh, to, to come to terms with, uh, for me, like is a little bit, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, it's it's going to be terrible comparing uh, this game to you know Tetris because as we've talked about before Tetris is one of my favorite games of all time so I'm going to try and avoid it but uh, you know in a, <laughs> in a game like Tetris or something it's like you know exactly where the piece is going to go because there's a ghost of where it's going to go and there are no additional effects to change once you've put it there that's where it is right so uh, mm-hmm. having that not be the case it was a little bit tough for me. Like you have to think a little bit more, um, you know, you just have yeah. to think a little well, bit more. I, yeah. About I do everything. think that's a, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a, just kind of a, a, a style, like it's a different uh-huh. style of game, right? Like Absolutely. this is kind of like Tetris meets, I don't know, like candy crush or something like these, these games mm. built around the sort of like, like chain reactions of, uh-huh. of, of, of tile matching. Sure. Um, and I, I, in that way, I do think that the, you know, we can debate that it's a little bit maybe of a player taste thing, whether you like this or not, but mm-hmm. the, the 45 degree angle, I think, um, kind of leans into the, the chain reaction thing because yeah, there's absolutely. so, so much of a chance that something you weren't, weren't expecting uh-huh. will, will snap into place. Like I found that, uh, the vast majority of my chain reactions were accidental. Like sometimes maybe Uh I could have something like, Oh, I can clear these reds and then those blues will be in a nice spot. But but Mm -hmm. it was never like, Oh, and then I'll go red, blue, yellow. Like that was not something I was, I was able to like hold in my head. Um, Well, I I am curious if that would, 
if there is a level of play you can reach where you are uh, consciously setting those things up. Because, for example, uh, I don't know if you ever played the game uh, Puyo Puyo, or uh, some people might be familiar no. at it, from familiar of the game style as a uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> uh, um. I'm pretty sure. Wait, wait. <laughs> I might be mixing that up. That might be the fake Dr. Mario one. Anyway, Puyo Puyo is a <laughs> Japanese uh, puzzle, uh, arcade puzzle type game that uh, is like all about setting up chain reactions. Uh, and I've had some fun with Puyo Puyo. I also struggle with it because like the thinking aheadness of it is uh, a little bit tough for me as like a hardcore Tetris person. I'm kind sure. of like just very used to like the deep lizard brain mode of like, zone out and just like lizard brain lizards don't play tetris yeah have you <laughs> ever seen a lizard play tetris just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not real <laughs> <laughs> but uh i it, i was curious uh because there are um you know arcade puzzle games that uh are uh, similarly about uh you know setting up uh complicated combos and sort of uh setting off this big chain reaction uh, that's really satisfying. So I was curious. I definitely didn't get there in the short time that I put into the game for this uh, podcast, but I was curious how much that would be possible uh, just with the yeah. sort of like shifting nature of anything. Uh, I mean, definitely more. So I was, uh, I, as usual, I, I tried to watch a few YouTube videos of other people playing to see how much of it was specific to my experience. And uh-huh. the, the 450 blocks um, goal, which I never, I think the, I never broke 300. I got like 280 or something once, which mm-hmm. I thought was like really good. Uh, I did see someone break that. So it is, it, you know, it is totally feasible. Um, and they were getting, they seemed to be getting combos more consistently than me, mm-hmm. but it didn't, even then it didn't seem like they were, you know, they were planning them in a, in a determinate way maybe just yeah, kind it's of more like s- setting up your setting um, up things to be in roughly the right location like yeah. kind of cluster clustering yeah. colors in lines and in in blocks yeah. um i think i think you can get a lot of mileage out of that i did find that um the strategy that worked best for me uh it tended to only work really early in the game but it worked really well early in the game is just um almost exclusively play along the rims uh, like the bottom mm. bottom two rims and try to get any time you get a two, put uh-huh. it on the bottom left or the bottom right. Um, sure. And then and then uh-huh. you can really easily when you get a one uh, yeah, of that color, that just in. clear it out. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes I could get um, just from doing that, I would I would get some combos just because, you know, colors were in the right spot. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I definitely think there is there is some room for um for for mastery here mm-hmm. although uh i do think there is something intrinsically kind of uh maybe not quite random but like random-esque yeah, a little bit less predictable less predictable sure like just yeah. that is kind of the mechanic well i i'm i'm very curious what sort of like higher level strategies uh can or do e- exist for this game because if you think about, uh, you know, a lot of the games that I've or we've compared it to so far, they have sort of like the basic layer where you can play it. I mean, uh, again, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Tetris, but the thing about uh, Tetris is that it's so easy to just like pick it up and be like, oh, yeah, when you do all the things across the line, then that's clears and that's how you stop it from growing up huge. Uh, but then uh, as you play the game more, you realize, well, actually, you shouldn't be doing that uh, every single time you can, because if you 
um, you know, construct your tower so that you can use one of the big line pieces and drop it down and clear four lines in a row, then you get more points or even further, you can start utilizing T spins and Z spins to get multi-line clears that are worth a lot more points. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious what the like extra st- strategic layers for this game mm-hmm. are or will be. Uh, because I, nothing was immediately clicking for me, but it's like, it didn't click for me in, uh, you know, other similar games, uh, you know, in such a short amount of time anyway. So I, I am curious, like if those strategies in, exist and if so, what they are. Um, yeah, I mean, there is, um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if you, I'm trying to think of how you could classify the, the sort of different block formats in the way that you do in Tetris. So, you know, you have like, Mm-hmm. The, the the every player of Tetris knows that the the lines or the straight lines are very important. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what the equivalent for this game would be. Maybe just those blocks where you get like two and two. I find that those are mm. or specifically two and two lined up next to each other vertically, rather than alternating. Yeah. Um, or I guess those yeah, ones, not vertically. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like I know, I, I yeah. understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, because the the ones that I thought were the most disruptive were the ones where it was two and well actually i guess the most disruptive is one of each color <laughs> yeah all four different colors yeah, but any, sure. any one where you don't have two next to each other can be quite tricky to uh to to place um another thing i did want to say is like this is an obvious point but the complexity is also upped quite a bit by the fact that um you have to worry about uh shapes and uh colors right like so there's mm. two dimensions of of uh, matching you have to do um, mm. and sure every block is a square but you're trying to match uh, you know shapes of of specific colors yeah. um, so it is just uh, you know in the the in something like uh, Tetris you're you're just matching uh, shapes everything's obviously you know there's no color mechanic uh-huh. um, so the that's another way that the game kind of like I think is designed towards uh, a bit of unpredictability. Sure. Yeah. It leans into unpredictability a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think so. So here's a question. Did you find the, uh, the like upcoming piece uh, to be a useful thing or something that you were paying attention to? Um, no, I did try to a little bit in the relaxation mode and everything was going really slow. Uh, <laughs> but I found that the, and this was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, mm. the, just the time that you have, uh, I found that it, uh, it did not take very long into the game for it to be like, Ooh, I am. Yeah. It is putting the pedal to the metal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so I found that I just didn't have enough time to process this block uh-huh. process the blocks beneath it and then uh-huh. process the block off to the side uh-huh. as well uh-huh. just you know my brain doesn't work that fast yeah so. i i think um, i think there's there's something to be said about the extra layer of thought you have to do of okay here's where the ghost for this piece is but where the the individual uh squares inside of the piece going to settle with the yes, shape 100%. of the board and i think that the extra time you take trying to consider that uh, make it r- really hard. And actually I-, I did find the, the overall like pacing of the game a little bit frustrating because it, it, it felt like the, you know, this is meant to be a very musical game uh, in that, uh, you know, the, the musical sounds are being added uh, based on your actions in the game. And also the song is kind of like building up 
uh, as you clear yeah. more blocks. Yeah. Um, and I found that the the uh, game got hard and moved so fast at a rate at which most of the time I was like getting to the point where I was struggling before the song was even, you know, like really kicking into gear. Sure. <laughs> so I, I, I did. F- I'm curious if uh, if there will be any sort of like tweaking to like the balance or if this is just a, a, a game for people who are better at it than I am. Uh-huh. But I did find well, that uh, the- I was a little bit sad. I didn't get to hear more of the music just because I wasn't making it that far in. Uh, but although also, I mean, uh, you know, my last few rounds, I was making it to like five or six minutes uh, of playtime. And I still felt like I had only just started getting to the part where like the music was really picking up because you uh, we sure I think you mentioned the rush mode earlier. That's a, just a two minute timed mode. And in that mode, there's a song that just is two minutes. It has sort of like a linear, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know. I can't even think of it, uh, just a linear structure. Uh, and that song was like pretty fun and exciting and made the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it made it more fun to play uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, so I kind of wanted a little bit more from that in the like marathon mode because marathon mode is the mode that I would normally it's, it's pretty closely modeled after Tetris's marathon mode where, you know, you're playing, it gets faster as you go. Once you clear a certain amount of lines or in this case blocks, it's over. Um, Mm. and so I was kind of disappointed that I wasn't good enough at the game, uh, (laughs) to, to get to the point where I was like really hearing what each song was. Cause I think, uh, you you know, one criticism I have of the game maybe is that the, the songs are maybe a little too chill for my, for my taste. Like they, they, they start at, uh, like basically ambient music. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it, for me, it would have been nice to have uh, a little bit more action going on from the start and have him maybe like pick up and accelerate a little bit more. Um, I'm telling you, I just wish the rush song could be used in every mode. I mean, obviously yeah, you mean, have to modify you, it substantially to make it so it can, uh, you could probably do it. You could you check out the open source yeah, documentation. That's true. That's true and you can find the, the audio the files in there. You could make it happen. I bet. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'd have to, because it has to become like variable in some way. Uh, mm. You have to, I don't know what you'd have to change. But, it, so um, it's uh, the, the music system is uh, like built around looping sections. Uh, so, so you just have to split it into, okay, actually that, that like would totally work because the rush, section. the rush song already has like four really kind uh-huh. of self contained yeah. uh, mm-hmm. beats and tones. Um, so I think yeah. you could, you could pretty easily do that. Huh? That's yeah, interesting. I think you could be try and figure too. it out. I'd be, I'd um, be curious to see. Um, so one thing I wanted to, so I did want to point out there is a setting, uh, in settings to change the speed. Um, and I did try lowering it and I, I don't know. It, I was not a hugely noticeable difference, but I did think mm. that that was a, uh, intelligent, um, uh, a choice, you know, this game is so interested in like, customizability that yeah. I thought that that one made a, a certain amount of choice uh, sense as well. But then it got me thinking and I was like, you know, these mechanics are complex enough that even mm-hmm. if it had no time uh, element, uh-huh. like if it literally like the block did not fall, it just waited until yeah. you told it such to as in the relaxed mode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it would still be, um, uh, quite hard to like, you couldn't go infinite. Like you, I think you would still, just by virtue of having to drop the blocks, like uh-huh. 
I think eventually you would get blocks in in spots that you could not clear. Mm, uh, mm. I I wonder if that is true. Like if could a, a yeah. truly pro player with infinite time because right a, a, a Tetris player with infinite time, uh, you know, like you could go. You'd oh, never, yeah. you could never, you never like obviously, especially I mean, since Tetris, you know, obviously has a, a set loop before you'll get uh, each piece, the same piece again. So yeah, yeah. so uh, if you have unlimited time, it'd be you know trivial, trivial to go forever. Um, mm-hmm. In this one, I think it would be non-trivial. Like I think you would have to think really hard, get kind of lucky, and eventually, mm. over a long enough period of you know, a large enough number of blocks, I should say, uh, you would yeah. still you would still fill up the diamond. Yeah, I I'm I'm gonna assume you're probably right. Although I I I, t- I am hesitant just because I didn't feel like I uh, got to the level with the game where I felt like I could confidently declare. Uh, uh, ah, yes, know, I know this that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I feel you for sure. I, I I guess I don't think I can say that confidently as well. But it does just seem like the you know there's enough um uh like variance to the the like block composition mm. that uh like you could go several blocks without getting a color at all mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's my theory anyways that's your theory and you're sticking to it for now mm-hmm. for now <laughs> Um, did you make a, I guess we, do we have to do the obligatory score comparisons? I didn't write mine down. Uh, I didn't write mine down either, but I have a, a, a approximate guess of, or, uh, I, I, I did look at it, uh, for marathon. I think it was like 1.5 million, a little bit higher than 1.5 million. What? Um, really? Uh huh. Mine's only 500,000. Oh yeah. I, I had one, I had one round that went pretty good for me. Damn, Damn, pretty dude, well. That's yeah. impressive. It was I, well. I, now I'm now I'm like second guessing. Was it actually? Let me let me just load up the game. Actually, really wait, quick. wait. Five hundred thousand is my endless mode. Marathon, I only got three fifty. I'm beginning to question your. Uh, here, here. I'm gonna fact check myself right now. Good. All right. Please scores God. and stats. Marathon. Ah, one point one seven five million. Wow, that's still really good. Damn, dude. Good job. Oh, all right. I I was like, okay. I got I got three hundred seventy one thousand in intense mode. That, nice. I I didn't even put that much uh, attempt into the intense mode. <laughs> yeah, I played it once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I also played it once and was like, damn, that uh that was intense. Correctly named. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the good news is Blake is better at uh, arcade puzzlers than Jordan. Suck it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, this is one thing I am, I'm happy to concede and am not surprised by. Yeah. One V one me in Tetris, bro. <laughs> uh, under no circumstances will I do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, did you have any other uh, comments about Mixolumia? Uh, no, that was, uh, that was all I had. So we can, uh, we can move to our um, game for next week. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about this one. Yeah, it's so, it's very different. Why don't you tell the people? Yeah, so so next week uh, we'll be exploring the Museum of Mechanics lock picking. Uh, so basically, what this uh, what this is is a project where someone has made an uh, an interactive environment. 
uh, where you can go up and uh, they've recreated the lock picking mini games from a bunch of different games and put it put them all in this sort of uh, you know roughly museum looking space. Uh, and I think it's kind of built with the uh, intention of like, hey, if you're a developer and you want to put uh, a lock picking mini game in your game, here's a bunch of examples of different ways that uh, you know big games have done it or. Uh, you know, any kind of uh, games have have implemented a lock picking mini game, uh, and I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's really interesting uh, in the way it's like sort of presented as a museum, but also in the way that it's presented as sort of like a skill sharing or knowledge sharing thing. Yeah, totally. Um, but still presented as yeah, like it's a, it's very pedagogical, right? Like, hey, let's yeah, let's yeah, all collectively absolutely. evaluate the merits of different lock picking mechanics. Really, um, I mean, I'm. I don't know how much work it is to produce a you uh-huh. know simulation of ten different mini games like this, mm-hmm. but it seems like it would be a great teaching tool for a game design class, right? Like have this yeah, for a, sure. a bunch of different, you know, for your capstone course. Have uh, for, have everybody uh, everybody in the class like every uh, you have them break up into teams, and each team has to make a, a different lock picking mechanic from yeah. like has to recreate a different one. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, totally. But yeah, I, I think, I think we're most interested in it as like this sort of weird object. It is. I mean, I don't know how long it'll take us to really go through this, but I, I, I am interested in talking about sort of the, uh, the, the, the general, uh, concept of, you know, uh, a mechanical museum. So yeah, I'm excited sure. to, to try. I also hope we'll talk. On. We'll also talk about lock picking mechanics in general, because it is something yeah. I, it's, it's such a weird thing that so many RPGs feel the need uh-huh. to, you know, most yeah. locking mechanics, I would say, are superfluous. Uh, some of them are quite yeah. fun, but I'd be curious to see, you know, now we can put them side by side, see uh-huh. which ones are which. I, so. I, I played a game very recently with a lock picking mechanic, and I'm curious if it'll be there. I won't spoil what the game is Ooh. because we'll talk about it next week. All right. Very nice. <laughs> well, if you uh, are excited, uh, listeners, about the sound of Museum of Mechanics lock picking, uh, you should follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, we will tweet out a link to um, access the game. Uh, it's by Dimbulb Games uh, on Nichio, but we'll have all the credits and everything uh, in the episode description, which we will send to you uh, via Twitter. So follow us at EdgeGuardCast. Um, it's a good time. That's where all the podcast updates are. Uh, it's also where if you want to reach us, uh, you can. If you have recommendations for a game uh, you think we might like to play for the podcast, we'd love to hear about it. So follow us there, uh, Museum of Mechanics Lockpicking next week, and we will talk to you then.